When you think about the future, what kind of technology do you envision? Whatever the future holds, artificial intelligence will undoubtedly be at the heart of it all. Join Graham Class as he hosts Season 2 of Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast, and hear from the minds transforming healthcare, retail, entertainment, personal computing, and more with the help of AI. Tune in every other Tuesday and explore the latest technology that's changing our world today and creating a more accessible tomorrow. Listen to Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, everybody. If you've been looking for love at first sight, it's closer than you think. It can be found at your local shelter. So this June 7th to June 9th, join the Pedigree Adoption Drive and the Pedigree brand will reimburse your dog adoption fees nationwide. Pedigree knows that bringing a dog into your home not only opens their heart, it can open yours too. Visit pedigree.com slash adoption dash drive to learn more and see full terms and conditions. Welcome to Stuff You Should Know from HowStuffWorks.com. Hey, and welcome to the podcast. I'm Josh Clark. There's Charles W. Chuck Bryant. There's someone in our heads, but it's not us. Nice. And there's Jerry over there. She's got her own self in her head. She's not a loony. (laughs) Our band does that song. Oh, yeah? Yeah, it's one of my favorites. It's a good one. We do it in the basement. It's not like... Actually, we did it at one uh, public show, and um, I think afterward, everyone was like, we shouldn't do that song out. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, I was like, man, I love it. Yeah. Were you like, that was out of sight? I thought it was totally groovy. And, like, the audience didn't like it? or I think the rest of the band felt like it was, you know, there's a bunch of songs we do just in the basement uh-huh. for our own fun. Right. And then there's, you know, the songs that we'll do in front of people twice a year. You guys do yakety sacks in the basement. <laughs> I wish. <laughs> Did you see Dolly Parton play that live at that huge yeah. music festival? And uh, she did a good job. Yeah, it was at Bonnaroo, right? No, it was at the one a in, um, was it Glastonbury? The oh. one in the UK? <laughs> That's Dolly Parton doing yakety sacks, playing the saxophone yeah. at Glastonbury. Yes. Like, who would have thunk that would ever happen? She had the crowd eating out of the palm of her hand. Yeah, she's putting out a new album that um, she's calling her Gay Friendly Dance album. Yeah, there's a is it the name of the album or the name of the, the track is just a wee bit gay or something like that? I think that's one of the... Oh, I thought that's just how she described it. Is that the name of one of the songs? I, I don't know. It wasn't quotes, but I couldn't tell if that was because it was a title or a quote. Yeah. Well, she's got a huge following in the gay community, and she's she's embraces it fully. Yes, she does. And there's always been rumors about her. Oh, I don't think those are correct. Well, I mean, doesn't mean there aren't rumors out there. She has a long long term husband. Yeah, she's been married for like fifty years. Uh-huh. But um, I think the fact that he's like try and find a picture of this guy. He's a total recluse. Yeah, and she just says that's just the nature of our relationship. Yeah. Have you been to? Um it's like that Oprah thing. She has a really close girlfriend, and everyone is like, "Oh, well, of course, right?" Oprah and Gail are gay. <laughs> Have you because been? You can't be friends, lifelong friends, with someone of the same sex, right? Yeah. Have you been uh, to Dollywood? I have not. Still, you should go to Dollywood. There's a Dolly Parton museum that's part of Dollywood. That's like worth the admission by itself. Can you just go to the museum? There's no reason to just go to the museum, but yeah, you could. <laughs> I mean, like it's worth. Going just for the museum, sure. But then when you exit the museum, you've got all the rest of Dollywood to go <laughs> hang out at, which is substantial. Like yeah, she's she's should, updated uh, it, and there's roller coasters, which I don't ride. You don't ride roller coasters at all? No. You mean I went with some friends, and like everybody else is riding roller coasters, and 
we were just like, that's okay. Have you never ridden roller coasters? No, I've ridden roller coasters before, but I've gotten You're to the point in my it. life where I'm like, I don't feel like being terrified out of my mind right now. Okay. So that's the reason. Yeah. All right. Dark Side of the Moon is off to a banging start. <laughs> yeah. Who'd have thought Dolly Parton would make an appearance in this one? Dolly Parton. So they're, they're, Chuck, we're talking about the Dark Side of the Moon. Yes. And it turns out there is such a thing as the Dark Side of the Moon, but it's just... A, misused in the popular vernacular. Yeah. The idea of the dark side of the moon is that there's another side of the moon that we never see, Mm -hmm. and it's dark. Yeah. It's out there exposed to the cold chill of space, and um, the dark side of the moon is the side of the moon we never see. Yeah, the one that faces opposite our purview. Right. There is a side of the moon that we don't see, right? We're we're going to go ahead and call it the far side of the moon. Yes, and I think that song would be equally as cool. I was thinking about it if it was... I'll see you on the far side of the moon? Yeah, that's even like a little more psychedelic if you ask me. Yeah. Because of the whole far out thing? I don't know. It resonated. (laughs) Far out. In fact, in the basement, I'm going to start singing that. Are you going (laughs) to adapt it? Yeah. Okay, there you go. Just not out. Never again. (laughs) (laughs) So there is a, f- a far side of the moon. There is a side of the moon that we don't see. People yes. are correct in assuming that. Mm-hmm. Um, but, and there is a dark side of the moon. And sometimes the dark side of the moon and the far side of the moon are one and the same. But sometimes they're not. Yeah. It gets a little confusing. But, but everything I just said is true. Yeah, and it's our job to get you to wrap your heads around this like we had to. Yeah, because it's extraordinarily confusing. It's almost like, why couldn't just the popular conception be correct? Because this is kind of difficult until you wrap your head around it, and then it's easy. Yeah. But it is it is hard at first, everybody. So buckle in, tie your shoes on tight, Yeah. maybe pack a granola bar, <laughs> and let's get down to this. All right. So I guess we can start by saying that the moon um, is not like the sun. It doesn't generate... That warm, lovely glow itself that you see. I think most people know at this point um, that that is reflection from the sun. Yeah. And uh, the moon is really big, and that's why it looks super bright. It's not really very reflective, but it's large. It is. So on a dark, dark night, a full moon looks really super bright because it's big. Yeah, and that's from sunshine, sun shining on the moon. Yep. That's what makes the moon glow to us. Mm-hmm. There's also something called earth shine, and when there's no sunshine hitting the moon, as far as we can see, uh, this, the earth is still reflecting light on it. And they've recently found out that the moon, if you can somehow, and they figured out how to using radio telescopes, yeah. subtract any kind of sunlight interference yeah. and just isolate the earth shine, yeah. if you could just see that, then what you would be seeing is a kind of dark turquoise cobalt blue moon. Yeah, so technically the dark side of the moon is turquoise. Yes. And they have figured that out for the first time. Uh, was it, it was just this year, right? It was published? Yeah. So that's exciting new news because they've tried for a long time. That's right. But it took some smart people and people used to be dumb. Yes. So there is a, there is a side of the moon, like we said, that we just don't see. And you would think, well, that's because the moon orbits the earth, right? Which yeah, it does. It does. And so if the moon is just sitting there stationary, orbiting around the Earth, of course we're going to see the same side all the time. 
That's a fallacy. That's right. As a matter of fact, if the moon orbited the Earth and didn't rotate around its own axis, right. we would see all sides of the moon at some point during that lunar orbit, which we call a month. Sure. And you can test this by just getting a tennis ball and keeping it still and rotating it around your hand. Yep. And pretend your hand is Earth. And you would see at some point, uh, the Earth would see all sides of that tennis ball. That's right. The trick is the moon rotates on its own axis at the same rate <laughs> that it rotates around in orbit. And so now if you take that tennis ball and, well, you'd have to be pretty precise <laughs> right. to spin it. But if you could spin it at the same rate that you're going around, you would notice. And there's a handy animation on this article on HowStuffWorks.com. I thought it was a little fast. Well, I did too, actually. Yeah. <laughs> I think they need to go in and slow that thing down a little bit. It's handy and fast. Yeah. But uh, you would notice that if it's spinning on its own axis at the same rate that it's spinning in orbit, mm-hmm. then you're going to see that same side. Right. And it's kind of, it seems like a miracle, but it's not. It's a mind-boggling, colossal, cosmological coincidence. No, it's not coincidence. Okay. Well, then I'm hoping you can explain this to me. Because, Chuck, what you've just said, yeah. I think it bears repeating. The 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 moon's orbit around Earth uh-huh. lasts 29.5 days. That's right. The moon also rotates on its axis. That rotation, you know, the Earth rotates on its axis. Yeah. That lasts about 24 hours. We call that a day. Yeah. The moon rotates on its axis, so it has a day, too. But its day lasts 29.5 days. So the moon's rotation on its own axis uh-huh. and its orbit around Earth are the same. Yes. Which is why, no matter where you are on Earth, you can't see anything but the near side of the moon. Yeah. Because even though it's rotating on its axis, uh-huh. it's revolving in orbit at the same speed, at the same rate, around the Earth. So you will never see anything but the near side. Should we say this a third time? <laughs> I, this was what this was what got me the most. That's why I'm saying it again. Like this uh-huh. is this was mind boggling to me. So there's a day side of the moon and a night side of the moon, just like there is on Earth. Yeah. The sun's gonna if you built a little moon lunar cabin, which would be great, by the way. Yeah, uh, you would see a sunrise and a sunset. I don't know if it would look exactly the same. Well, it would take a month. Yeah. It would be a very slow sunrise and a very slow sunset because well, be nice. what to us is a month, a lunar month, right? Uh-huh. Which involves the four phases of the moon, the waxing, the waning, the gibbous, the crescent, the full, the new, all that jazz. The super. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that to the moon is a day. Yeah. So our whole concept of there being a far side of the moon, a dark side of the moon, and phases of the moon to the moon, that it's just like, hey, man, this is just a day to me. I'm just the moon. Right. Reflecting light. Because just like over the course of 24 hours on Earth, different parts of the Earth are exposed to the sunlight. Over the course of 29.5 days, thanks to the rotation of the moon, different parts of the moon are exposed to sunlight. Yeah. So that far side of the moon that we never see because of the rotation and the orbit being the same for the moon Uh still gets bathed in sunlight for two weeks out of the year. Yeah, and sometimes we're we're seeing the night side, sometimes we're seeing the day side. It just depends on when it happens to fall during that lunar day. Right. Which is not the same thing as our day. Yep. It is confusing. That's why I said it twice. 
But not a third time. <laughs> uh, well, I guess we should explain a little something about gravity. And we did cover this. Um, we did something on the tides, right? Tidal bulge? Yeah. Or was that a video? At least once we've discussed it. I know we've done it at some point. Uh, the reason that everything is uh, in synchronicity like that is because of gravity. It's because Earth is exerting gravitational pull on the moon and it's locked it in right. with us. But the moon's doing the same thing to us, yeah. And it's also getting further away from us, yeah. About an inch and a half a year, I think, one point four eight inches per year, mm-hmm. uh, and that's what causes tidal bulge. The gravitational force on us causes the tidal bulge on the near side, right? When uh, the moon has the greatest pull, so water is going to be pulled toward the moon, and inertia is overcome by gravity. And then on the far side, the opposite is true, but they're both bulges. When it, when it's at its Nearest point in orbit and its furthest point in orbit, right? Yeah. Okay. So if the moon is moving further away from us by 1.48 inches per year, that means millions and billions of years from now, things are going to be completely different. Yeah. Like a billion years ago, a day on Earth lasted 18 hours, and I think the the month was 20 days long. 20 days. Yeah. And then now, thanks to gravity yeah. and the effect of the moon on Earth and vice versa... The Earth's rotation is slowing, right? Yeah. And eventually, I think in a billion or two years, um, the day is expected to be about 40 current Earth days long. Yeah. It says, uh, yeah, 40 days. So I went, that's interesting. I've never thought about that in terms of the evolution of mankind. Uh, not many people not doing a whole lot. Not a lot going on, short days. Now everyone's populating the planet, mm-hmm. longer days and longer days. Yeah. It's all coincidental, I'm sure. I w- yeah, I wonder what impact it would have on our sleep cycle if right. we still have one a billion years from now. Yeah. All right, so coming up in just a second, we're going to talk about the phases of the moon because there's some misconceptions about that too. All right, game off. Let's pause here to talk more about Monopoly Go. Because in Monopoly Go, you can team up with your friends for timed tournaments where you work together to build up each other's boards. It's very nice. That's right. And the more you win together, the more awesome prizes you unlock. And there's so much to get. I'm talking about unique stickers that you can trade with friends to complete albums for big prizes, cool new playing pieces to travel the boards with, or hilarious emojis for taunting friends when you smash their buildings or heist their vaults. Plus, Monopoly Go feels new and exciting every day with constantly changing tournaments and challenges, like digging for treasure or a robot pachinko machine. And there's always new timed events that help you win big, like massive multipliers for everything you win or rent frenzies. That's right. There's always something fun to discover in Monopoly Go. So get off the bench and go download it now for free on Google Play or the App Store. Game on! Hey, everybody, it's time you heard about Squarespace. Squarespace has the tools you need to create and sell your own website. Whether it's an online course or custom merch, Squarespace has you covered. That's right. Courses is a great program. You can start with a professional layout that fits your brand, upload video lessons to teach techniques and skills, and tailor your course with a powerful Fluid Engine editor. That's right. With Fluid Engine, which is a next-generation website design system, by the way, it's never been easier for anyone to unlock unbreakable creativity. That's right. And don't forget the commerce side, because after that, you can charge a one-time fee, or you can even sell a subscription. Yeah. So turn your creativity into income 
with Squarespace courses. And right now, go to squarespace.com stuff for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, use offer code STUFF to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Squarespace. So, Chuck, you had promised everyone that we would talk about the phases of the moon. I think that's called a tease. I think you should deliver on it. Oh, yeah? Yeah. <laughs> well, I think, uh, well, Strickland, Jonathan Strickland of Tech Stuff wrote this article, by the way, that we're working from. Um, and there are some misconceptions about the phases of the moon, he thinks, and I agree. Um, one is that a new moon occurs when the Earth is blocking light from the sun. And if you're just a dumb human like me and you look up and see a new moon, that's sort of what it looks like. It looks like the Earth is blocking it. Right. The sun, because I mean, you can almost see the shadow, like... Clearly, that's what's going on, right? Mm-hmm. Right. But it's not true. No. Because the moon is actually in between the Earth and the sun at that point. Yeah. Which so makes that impossible. When when the moon is full, the Earth is between the, the sun and the moon, right? You're saying? Well, no, no, no. I was saying uh, during a new moon, the, the moon, moon is between the, the sun and, and the Earth. Yeah, exactly. But for a full moon, the Earth is between the the sun and the moon. Correct. So both of them are kind of counterintuitive. Totally but they, counterintuitive. But they make sense when you remember that the whole reason the moon glows is because of its exposure to sunlight. Right. Right? So if the moon, if we see the side that's being exposed to sunlight, that means that the earth is between the sun and the moon. That's right. Right? Because that's the only way we could see that part exposed to sunlight. Yeah. But if the moon's between the sun and the earth, then the side that's being exposed to sunlight is the opposite side of the moon, the far side of the moon. So, of course, we couldn't see that. So that's what the new moon is. Yeah. And Jonathan, uh, he broke it down in another pretty easy way to understand. Like if you're, if you're sitting in a room and someone, and there's only a single light source, like a spotlight, let's say, mm-hmm. and someone walks in between the light and you, you're going to see a silhouette of them, but you're not going to be able to see their detail. Right. But if you could somehow get behind them, right, you would see that their back is bathed in that light. Exactly. Now, if they walk behind you, you're both facing the sunlight. Yeah. So if you can just kind of make your eye travel around the side <laughs> of your head to the back yeah. and poke out through your hair there, yeah, you would see that that person is a full moon. That's right. And the initial one, when they are uh, between you and you see their silhouette, that is the new moon. Right. So it makes sense when you think about it that way, I think. It does. Or I, if you look at this illustration, that's helpful too. It definitely is. Like this is lunar phases is definitely one where it's like just look at a picture. Yeah. It's agreed. so much easier to see. Yeah. The irony of this whole thing is is that thanks to the phases of the moon, this lunar day, yeah. Um th- that the dark side of the moon is sometimes the side that we can see. Yeah, that's the one I that blows my mind a bit. You know? It's during a new moon. Like, we're still seeing the near side of the moon. That's all we'll ever see. The right. The side that has the man in the moon or the rabbit making mochi in the moon. What's that? That's a Japanese thing. Oh, yeah? It's like their version of the man in the moon. It's a rabbit making mochi, which is like um sweet, sticky rice treats. And is it something that they see in the moon, I guess? Uh-huh. Yeah. And what you're seeing are the lunar seas, uh-huh. like the Sea of Tranquility, all that stuff. Right. And with the... Well, I guess with the advent of the Soviet Luna 3 spacecraft, yeah, that was the first time we ever saw the far side of the moon. Right. And that was, I think, in 1959. Isn't that crazy that so long ago we were that advanced? Yeah, it is. Yeah. 
And if you're into that, you should go listen to our How the Space Race Worked episode. That was a good one. Yeah, because Russia was advanced, too. But these photos sent back from the Soviets showed that the far side of the moon didn't look anything like the near side of the moon that we see. Right. It was all just little pockmarked craters. There weren't any, like, sea of tranquility or anything like that. And for a long time, it posed this this riddle called the lunar far side highlands problem. Why was the far side of the moon so different from the near side? So they finally recently think that they came up with the riddle, like recently, like this year. Oh, wow. Um, or the answer to the riddle. Yeah. They came up with the riddle after 1959. Right. Um, but the... the Reason being that the side of the moon, the near side, yeah. that's closest to us, has been locked. It's called tidally locked. It's the whole reason that we have this whole, why this whole podcast is going on, because the moon right. and the earth are locked into orbit, right? right? And because they affect one another through gravity, the side that's closest to earth um, was subject to earth's gravity uh-huh. more than the other side. So as the moon cooled and the Earth was cooling, yeah. but it was still super hot. It was heating the side of the moon that was closest to us, right? Yeah, that makes sense. So on the far side, as the moon cooled, the crust was thicker and, and sturdier. Yeah. On the near side, the crust was a little thinner. So as the moon was still cooling, it got blasted with asteroids and meteorites and all that jazz. Yeah. And on the side that's closest to us, the thinner crust side, mm-hmm. lava flowed up from those meteor impacts and formed things like the Sea of Tranquility. Ah. On the other side, the crust was thicker, so no lava flowed up from it. Interesting. That's what they have to explain it. I wonder if there's any value in exploring the far side of the moon, uh, or if that would just make a great movie. I mean, they're they're talking about doing that. I don't know what the value is, though. Yeah. And with the way that funding is, we've talked about with NASA's going, I doubt if it's a priority. Yeah. But that would make a good movie because one creepy thing about it, it made me think of uh, space movies and such, is that you lose radio contact on the far side of the moon. Right. So in the movie version, obviously, you would have to sign off and go dark for a period of time. Yeah. And that's when, like, the event horizon occurs. What was the uh, – well, the event horizon, that's like no, the I movie? No, I just mean like, yeah. Oh, gotcha. Not the real event horizon. Sam Neill goes crazy? <laughs> yeah, something happens creepy on that other side, right? Was that in that movie Moon with uh, Sam Rockwell? What, the far side of the moon? Yeah. What was the movie where the guy's like racing to get out of the um, nightfall on the moon because like the – I think or that was – sunrise. I think that was Moon. Okay. But we'll hear about it if it's not. I like that movie. That was, that was a good one. Fantastic. Yeah. I think uh, David Bowie's son directed that. Yeah, he did. Yeah. Duncan Bowie. Is that his name? Well, it's Duncan something. Oh, he took, because uh, David Bowie's not even his real name, probably. No, I don't think so. It's Ziggy Stardust. Right. <laughs> Duncan Stardust is his name. And he's from the moon. You got I, anything else? I do. I have one more thing. Oh, good. Um, It turns out that we can see more than just the near side of the moon sometimes. All right. How's that? Well, because the orbit of the moon around the Earth isn't a perfect circle, it's elliptical. Oh. Um, when it's furthest away, we can see an extra eight degrees of the eight of the eastern side. Okay. And when it's um, no, when it's closest to us, I'm sorry. Uh huh. And then when it's further away, we can see an extra about eight degrees of the western side. Gotcha. Pretty and I think neat. we didn't mention. Um, we said that if you if you stop that tennis ball, we would see all sides of the moon, but. 
even if it fell out of sync a little bit and slowed down or sped up a little bit, right. we would see portions of the moon that we've never seen before. Exactly. So this is why I'm like, we're, you don't find it incredibly amazing that we're alive at a point in time when the moon's rotational spin mm-hmm. and its orbit around Earth are completely the same? Oh, I, who said that wasn't amazing? You don't think it's a coincidence? I don't, I think that's why. I think if that weren't true, then there wouldn't be Earth as we know it, right? Okay, so you subscribe to the anthropic principle. <laughs> What's that? Well, it basically says that things are the way they are because we're here to observe them. Yeah. And if they weren't the way that they are, then we wouldn't be, we, it wouldn't be possible for us to be here to observe them. Yeah, I think I, I never heard of that, but I think that makes a lot of sense to me. Yeah. What about you? Uh, I don't know. It kind of smacks of like intelligent, Tree intelligent in design forest. a little bit. Oh, okay. You know? Yeah. Because it's basically saying like the, the idea is that the universe is fine tuned to support life. Right. But if we, if that's the case, like wh- why do we appear to be the only one out there? Oh, I don't think necessarily fine tuned. I think just lucky that things See? locked in to support life. And that's another interpretation of it too. Yeah. Yeah. Should we wake Jerry up and ask her? Jerry. <laughs> she, she has the answer. Uh, I do recommend people go to the article. The article on the website is called... Uh, what and where is the dark side of the moon? Yeah, because there is a very handy phases of the moon uh, graphic and a super fast animation. It's so fast. It actually like, kinda... wait, I think I got it. Wait, no. <laughs> you know, and it's kind of small and you can't really see that it's spinning. So I- I'm going to retract my statement that it's super handy. It kind of stinks. Okay, kind of stinky flash <laughs> animation. But I bet you there's a YouTube out there that it, that shows it in better colored, high graphic detail. Yes, and that there's slows a it down YouTube a out there. Yeah, yeah, I sound like an old man. <laughs> <laughs> I do have one more thing too. Oh, great! We were talking about in billions of years um, that the uh, the the Earth and the Moon will have such an effect on on one another. Yeah, that the Earth's day will last. 40 current Earth days. Yes. And that will also be the exact amount of time of the moon's orbit. So the lunar phase and the Earth day in a few billion years will be one and the same, 40 days. And then apparently after that, it's not going to change much. So it's they're both going towards some sort of equilibrium, right? Sounds like it. Well, because the Earth day will be in lockstep with the lunar cycle, at that point, the shoe will be on the other foot. And when you're on the Moon, uh-huh. you will only ever be able to see one side of the Earth. The United States side. Who knows? <laughs> well, there won't be a United States at that point. You don't know that. In three billion years? Yes. The Earth is, there will be no mankind. Don't y- kid yourself. It's quite possible. We, we have to talk about the great filter sometime. I don't even know what that is. You're going to love it. Is it a full podcast or is it a? Definitely. Okay. I think we have like a few we could break out of that one. I think you just threw down the gauntlet, sir. It did. That was a gauntlet. So, Chuck, we just did that? Yeah. I'm, I'm pretty happy with it. I always feel lost lost in space. <laughs> um, like I'm hanging on by the skin of my teeth when we do these things. We, well, you did great. Thanks. But we always hear like really good feedback from astronomers. It turns out they are very much non-jerky when no. they write in. Very forgiving. Very forgiving and very helpful. Yes. Because I think they really want other people to understand. And they're not Including like, us. look how much we know that you don't know. They're like, right. look how much you could know. Right. They're yeah. not like proctologists, <laughs> those jerks. 
for soccer fans. <laughs> All right. So, Chuck, um, we are going to do a listener mail as usual, but it'll be right after this message break. Josh. Yeah. Let's chat about Squarespace, my friend. Okay. Because if you need a website and you don't have one, mm-hmm. there's really no easier way to do so. No. I mean, the whole thing is drag and drop. It's very intuitive. There's no need to learn how to use code. No. And in case you find yourself in a bit of a pickle, maybe even a bind, they have 24-7 customer support. So you can live chat with them 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Yeah, all that stuff is great. But what I love about it is it's beautiful. The designs are great. It's going to look clean. It's going to look professional. Everyone's going to be tricked into thinking you're like a master coder web designer. Yeah, and if you want to sell stuff and make some monies, all plans have commerce options from hosting an entire store to accepting donations for your personal blog. Plus, Chuck, yeah, you can get the whole thing risk-free now. Wow, that yeah. sounds pretty great. Risk-free on your laptop, on your mobile device. It's going to look great on your tablet. That sounds like an all-in-one solution to me. That's right. Like I said, risk-free, you can try Squarespace if you go to squarespace.com slash stuff for your 14-day trial with no credit card necessary. If you like the product, it costs as low as $8 a month and includes a free domain name if you sign up for a year. That's right. So just use our offer code STUFF to get that 10% off your first purchase. Okay, so we're back. Uh, if you want to know more about the moon, you can type in Dark Side of the Moon or Moon or whatever in the search bar at HowStuffWorks.com. It'll bring up this uh, article and others. And since I said search bar, it is time at long last for listener mail. Uh, I'm calling this Cool Kid because we like to highlight cool kids that listen to the show because they are some of our favorite fans. Yeah. Because they're not yet cynical. <laughs> uh, hi, guys. My name is Ethan. I'm 11 years old. Uh, this is the first time I'm writing in, even though I've been wanting to for eight months. There was nothing to talk about. Huh. Then, out of the blue, your podcast seemed to mostly match what I was doing and thinking. I was talking to my friend extensively about the space race, and you did a pot. I love that this 11-year-old is talking extensively about the space race <laughs> in the 1950s. Uh, and you guys did a podcast on that. I was wondering about why sugar was so sweet and unhealthy. I was picking out a movie when I saw some that were unrated, and that got me thinking... When it's not unrated, who rates it? I think he means not rated. Right. Uh, and the most recent, I was playing Monopoly with my family, and since we only have been playing two hours per day, it stretched into a three-day game and counting. As of writing this email, it still isn't over. <laughs> it's got to be over by now, though. That'd be a horrific experience. <laughs> uh, on the second day, your podcast, How Monopoly Works, came out. If either of you are mind readers or have a mind-reading device, please tell me how that works. Uh, by the way, I have an old, old podcast correction to make. In the Magnets episode, you said that the second most powerful force in the universe is magnetism. The real answer is electromagnetism. Oh. And my source is HowStuffWorks.com. Oh. Cheeky Ethan. It would really please me if you did a podcast on electromagnets. I've always been fascinated by them. There are many uses. Uh, listening for more stuff you should know. Ethan, P.S. I'm using my mom's email. <laughs> Smiley face. So I wrote Ethan's mom back and said, uh, you know, do I have your permission to read this? Because he's a great, great kid. Sure. She said he would be delighted, and so am I. That's awesome. Thanks, Ethan, and thanks to your mom, too, for letting us read your very spectacular listener mail. Thanks for the correction, too. Absolutely. We were so dumb. Not magnetism, electromagnetism. (laughs) 
And I'm taking his word. Well, if you're a cute kid and you want to correct us or just tell us hi or whatever, we want to hear from you. You can use your mom's email or your dad's email or, you know, your legal guardian's email and send in a hello. You could do that via Twitter at SYSK Podcast. You can join us on Facebook.com slash Stuff You Should Know. You can use that email client to send in an email to stuffpodcast at howstuffworks.com. And as always, join us at our home on the web, stuffyoushouldknow.com. For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit howstuffworks.com. Hey, if you haven't heard of Visible, well, now you have. They're the wireless carrier that's making wireless visible. It's in the name. Switch to Visible, the wireless company that makes wireless visible. Get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon as low as $25 a month every month, taxes and fees included. Use promo code STUFF. 20 to receive $20 off your first month for listening to this podcast. Switch now at Visible.com. For data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. The Visible monthly rate is $25 per month. Life in our modern age comes at you pretty fast, which makes our time away especially valuable. When I take time to relax, I like to get far from my everyday life, immerse myself in natural beauty, and have unique experiences. But you don't have to leave the U.S. to experience tropical rainforests and islands filled with adventure, warm culture, and national treasures. Visit Puerto Rico, an island with a vibrant spirit that will sweep you away. Because when you visit, you don't become part of the island. It becomes part of you. In Puerto Rico, you can forget where you came from and embrace where you are. Puerto Rico, where visits end, but stories last forever. No passport required for U.S. citizens and permanent residents. Learn more and plan your trip at discoverpuertorico.com.